millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The world, especially the last 20 years, has really veered toward flow as your optimum performance. 5 a.m., get up and crush it in your business. I never took that route. It's always been, what do I want to feel like? I talk a lot about emotion language of emotion and I bring emotion into my flow. Definition of flow dreaming. Flow state, unbridled, pure emotion and daydreaming. The way that I now manifest, every time I feel a feeling that I want the world to give me but I'm not waiting for the world to let let me have it anymore, I'm actually you know, flipping the table around. I'm modeling for the world now how it should show up for me. I'm saying this is who I am. I feel joyful. I have freedom. I have accomplishments, creativity, love and connectivity. I feel I am all these things. I feel all these things. I'm going to feel them right now. But for me, I look at it like I'm actually modeling this to the world. I'm showing up as the blueprint. You don't build a house without a blueprint. Most people build lives without blueprints. Bring me the right people and the right moments and all the right things. This is the big picture of the square wiggle. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. I'm your humble host, Amrit Sandhu, and you're tuning in to a conscious conversation designed to help you grow. Our mission here is simple. It's for you to live your purpose, live your best life, live the life you love. This podcast is sponsored by Enthusiasm for Life, by great creation itself. To keep the good vibes flowing for myself and yourself, do us a solid. Subscribe to the Inspired Evolution podcast on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution podcast. Now sit back, relax, open your mind, open your heart to this conversation and stay inspired. Keep evolving. Hey there, Inspired Spirits. At the time of this recording, only 94% of you, they're actually returning to watch a second or a third or a fourth video here on the Inspired Evolution podcast, are actually subscribed. I can't tell you how much it genuinely helps everything we're trying to achieve with promoting positivity in the world through your subscription. Every time you hit subscribe, it helps us grow the platform. It lets guests that want to come onto the show know that you know it is worth their time to take the time out to carve out a conversation like the ones that you're enjoying here on the Inspired Evolution podcast. My personal commitment to you is as the show grows, you know, more and more quality, more and more conversations, richer and richer things will flow around here. That is my absolute commitment to you. To be completely transparent, as we grow and when we finally get to that 100,000 subscriber mark, currently we do two episodes a week. I'm looking forward to getting us to about three episodes a week so we can really keep the juju going and flowing at an even greater level. And all of that is enabled by you taking the time to hit subscribe, hit that bell notification. So if you can, Please take a moment, take a moment, come on, take one sec, quick sec, <laughs> hit subscribe and hit that bell notification icon. It helps so much more than I can say. Thank you so much. Yo! Welcome back to the Inspired Evolution. And we have with us today, Inspiring Our Evolution, Summer McStravick, Summer. 
How are you there, Sister Bear? Fabulous. So happy to see you and talk with you again. Thank you. Feels like I was just talking to you the other day, and then you reminded me, yes, well, it was the other day. We are doing podcast swapsies, actually, here. For those that are tuning in to Summer for the first time, give me two secs. She has an incredible podcast. She's a personal growth coach, author. She's the creator of Flow Dreaming, and she recently wrote a book about the stuff that nobody taught you. Very interesting title. Yeah. Her practice, her, well, her mind body techniques are practiced by people all like globally all over the world. And they're designed generally around manifesting, but also around growing inner emotional strengths. Summer, we jumped on your podcast last week and I, you know, had a bit of a, as I was researching, I started to realize that actually I've got a bit of a philosophy around flow and purpose. And you dive deep into flow and manifesting, which I think is really interesting because generally people are talking about flow for focus. So what is, maybe introduce flow to us from your paradigm and then sort of sit, can you also explain where we take off from focus but end up in the land of manifestation as opposed to focus? Because everything I see online, LinkedIn, YouTube, it's like, you know, productivity flow, <laughs> productivity flow, you know, which is nothing wrong with that. I totally, you know, I love yeah. it. Um, yeah. But at the same time, there is, it is quite multidimensional what's available to flow. And it seems like the zeitgeist is only having a sliver of the conversation and you've been championing flow for manifestation. Whoa, for quite some time. Yeah. More than two decades. I'll let you take um, brains. Yes. So I, um, we're going to dive right in and pardon me, but I tend to wander and go deep in little crevices and, and niches. Um, Exactly Going what back we love, to by the way. <laughs> we love all the little nooks and crannies. By the way, guys, this, yes. guy, this episode is going to be filled with all kinds of humor. <laughs> so you're just going to have to bear with us. We think we're hilarious. <laughs> yeah, the verdict's it's still how out. I but I um, myself, <laughs> and our care factor seems to be zero <laughs> between yeah. the pair of us. <laughs> Let's just see how we go. <laughs> hey, I bothered to put on a nice shirt for this. That's how much I cared for you today. Me too. Me all too. Right. Check um, it out. Yeah. Sorry. So my Zoom shirt. We all have the Zoom shirt. Never mind. Okay, let's get back so into flow. An important, important question. Flow manifestation. I told you we, we were going <laughs> to divert right from the beginning. Um, right. So I've been teaching it for about uh, 23 years. And when I first researched flow, of course, based on the work of Dr. Mihai, Chichen Mihai, I always mispronounce it, even though I've said it a million times. Um, his work in positive psychology was really focused on flow for your golf game, flow for your scientific breakthrough, flow for optimal achievement, etc. Um, I'll, I'll make a long story short, but I was looking, hunting, hunting mercilessly for a way to try to manipulate my future. I'll say it because that's my young self talking. How do I make things happen? How do I make things happen for me, right? very young centered, very masculine centered. Um, yet I recognized what flow state was. I found myself naturally moving into it. And I thought, you know, what if, what if instead of trying to get better at a skill or have a breakthrough of some type, what if I use it to sort of connect and have a conversation? Because the, the, the flow state is flow state. I mean, it doesn't change. I've had my brainwaves done on it. It's 
it's what it is. It's what you're doing with it and in it. And I said, well, I'm going to apply it to my spirituality. I'm going to apply it to a conversation. So I grew up in a very um, intuitively focused family, <laughs> to put it to put it softly, right? We've been doing this for generations. And I thought, well, if I have a conversation with spirit, with all that is, with the universe, with my future self in this state, what will happen? Like what, what could happen? Could it be an optimal state for quote, quote, programming what I want to see my life become like? So it was, again, a kind of a very masculine or, or young um, centered idea that I could drop in, use the state, craft and create templates, right? Blueprints is, is how I call it. As I've aged, <laughs> I realized that it's, it's not so much about putting information out. It's also taking information from um, now I just try to be in a manifestational state, but I still be in it in flow state. So I've, I've very much shifted into a more uh, feminine way of doing it. But I only bring this up because, you know, you pointed out that the world, especially the last 20 years, has really veered toward flow as your optimum performance, you know, your 5 a.m. get up and do your reps for an hour and then crush it in your business. And I've just, I never took that route. It's always been what do I want to feel like? And I think that's another differentiating thing. I talk a lot about emotion and the language of emotion and I bring emotion into my flow. Whereas most people don't marry those two whatsoever. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting. I want to yeah, take off I'll the conversation. Keep going. I, will, I, I want to take off the conversation just where you but... left up because there is a whole thing around emotion and manifestation and how important the emotional state is when you're trying to manifest and that is a red hot topic to have but there were so many conversations already that I wanted to pull out from what you shared but now that I've started it maybe we go there let's talk about emotion and how important um why is the emotional state so important during manifestation and then there are so many other things that you shared that I wanted to have a chat about in chronological order but screw chronology for a sec. yeah I was <laughs> gonna say the world I live in is exceedingly non-chronological. Yeah. Well, you time are the is... flow. You are the flow, dreaming person. <laughs> I imagine it's it's just a river. <laughs> You're just going with it, it all the it time. It is. It's yeah. got a very slippery edge, and I'm like sometimes I'm a little here, a little ahead of the game. Sometimes I'm a little behind it. But yeah. Um. So okay. The, the, the definition of flow dreaming: flow state, unbridled pure emotion and daydreaming. So I, I took these three, why well, didn't th these three things took me <laughs> put it that way. And I found, I found myself doing them in combination and kind of awakening into a state of where my consciousness no longer felt so localized, right? Which yeah, we've learned a lot about in the last couple of decades. When I move into flow state, I get there through a process of daydreaming. Really, I just, I struggled for a long time to um, meditate. I found that my mind was, I always called my mind a very happy, loyal puppy, always wants to do something for me. If I tell it to be quiet, stop it, just for a while, it just looks at me with these sad, sad eyes, you know, you know the look. So I said, all right, I'm going to give you a job, mind. You're 
You get to daydream. Yeah, make make shit up. Can I say that? Can we talk like that? We're just now marking it with an E, huh? Okay. Well, make shit up. <laughs> Absolutely. You can so, totally. Okay. All right. I do. Yourself. I have a sailor's mouth. I learned it all from my mom. Thank you, mom. Um, so I give my mind something to do, and I it's like throwing a bone. Go fetch. And my mind says, I'll daydream for you. I'm good at that. So I, I happen to have, and here we go off on one of the side sidetracks, but I happen to have a feeling about daydreaming. Um, and again, another overlooked science in my opinion. Daydreaming has been dismissed, or it was dismissed for a very long time. Daydreaming, you know, stop your daydreaming, snap out of it. Earth to summer, I don't know how many times I heard that. Um, for me, every every human instinct has probably multiple reasons for it. And science tries to figure out, oh, well, it's just to retain memory. Uh, it's just to, uh, you know, process uh, things subconsciously. It's just to, and I'm like, it's like your tongue, right? I swallow, I talk, I taste, I, I pick out poisons from, from good things. Like, there's a lot of things this does. Look deeper. I see daydreaming now as sort of like um, when your computer is checking for email in the background. It just checks out for a while, it does it, and then it brings back information. Checks out, figures out what it needs, brings it back. I think as beings, we've been gifted with a constant connection. We just don't recognize it as such. We call it daydreaming or spacing out, et cetera. But some of our best and most beautiful ideas come from that state. And yes, yeah, sometimes we do awkward and cringy and, and you know, icky daydreaming when we're mind spinning. But for me, that's different. When we daydream, we actually lose track of where we are for a while. Like we don't, like everything fuzzes around us. Like we've all daydreamed for a while and snapped back and said, oh my God, what was I just doing? God, I hope. For me, it's always, I hope I drove home safely. I hope I stopped all the lights, you know, <laughs> but we have this ability to kind of constantly connect. So if I constantly connect using daydreaming to something maybe greater than myself, right? We can talk about universal consciousness, et cetera. But if I'm using daydreaming and I'm going into this flow state, it's the exact same feeling. I'm losing where I am. I don't, I don't notice the world around me. I'm literally somewhere else and time itself seems to get very funky. I don't know if I've, I'm gone 10 minutes or five minutes or 25 minutes. So what do you do in that state? And for me, I realized that's where I start communicating with, here we go, emotions. Because for me, emotion is the universal language. It's the only language that every being in the world speaks. When I look at my dog, he speaks it to me. I know what he's feeling. When I you know, travel around to another country, I can feel what someone's feeling. I can sense it. I can smell it, even though we don't speak the same language. It's universal. It's the closest thing we have to a global language. And if that's the closest thing we have to a global language, I, I'm curious what the closest thing we have to a, dare I say, galactic language, universal language. And emotion is the one that we've been shown, you know, so that's the one I use. So when I use emotions, I am what I call, well, I'm doing multiple things. Do you mind if I'm just I'm monologuing now? Is that, is that okay? Yeah, bro. Dude. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. So, a couple of, well, sometimes people just go if, on if, and on. If you want me to I'm pepper like, in, oh. one of the things that's dropping in for me at my end was, as you were sharing, <laughs> I was having this realization around, well, that conversation around emotion. I don't know if you've heard that energy is mo energy in motion is emotion 
And yes. then I was feeling like this whole vibratory sense of the universe. And then I was also mm-hmm. reflecting maybe because recently I went traveling, you go to certain spaces and even it's not just localized to your dog and people, but even spaces yeah. feel like they have emotions and I'm realizing, oh, energy in motion, right? So I'm feeling into the emotion of the space. So anyway, I can pepper yes. in. Please continue your monologue. <laughs> Oh, no, completely. I 100% agree with you. Um, So, you know, part of the work I do is teaching manifesting, but I also teach empathic intuition. And one of my basic lessons is places have feelings associated with them. And we've all like the classic is the haunted house. I'm like, it's just, it's just echoes. It's just an emotional state of the people, but your workplace, you think you walk into something and it's just you. Uh Uh-uh. It's the whole thing. There's layers upon layers. There's the people. There's the desires, the needs, the wants, the push-pulls, all of it. It's an emotional, like, wedding cake of stuff. Okay, anyway, to go back, (laughs) the way that I um, now manifest is that I consider if I'm going into what I call this flow state, doing my flow dreaming work, I'm doing things on two levels. Um, The... um, psychologists out there and the doctors out there and the sciencey types are going to love the fact that I call it emotional reconditioning. When you're practicing an emotional state over and over, it's the same thing as when you're practicing meditation, the neurons change, like you, you're building new pathways. And we're, we're very used to relying on two things to allow us to feel things, either medication or we're waiting for something outside of us to happen to give us permission to feel a certain way. of the time, 99% of our time. And if we feel something that has no connection yet to what's happened outside of us, we're considered, I don't know, weird, (laughs) new agers, I don't know. (laughs) Loony. (laughs) (laughs) Loony, (laughs) woo woo, all of that. But for me, I like the fact that if I'm, let's say, okay, so something I talk a lot about is emotional endpoints. So all the things you want, the things are just the path that you made up in your, your head. This sounds like a good way to get to what? Emotional. It's like a great point. house. Interesting. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you, you, why do you want that great house? Why? Because then I feel like I made it. What does that make you feel like? Well, then I feel like I don't have to worry anymore. What does that mean? Yeah. So and then I feel safe. The, oh, sorry. I butted in. Yeah. Go, go. I just wanted to pepper in there again. One, like this is what I find because a lot of the coaching I do is around fulfillment. And yes. I find people have been striving for success. And there's this if then, then that, like if this, then that equation. Yes. So if yes. I get the gray house, then I feel this emotion. And it's always an emotion. Really profound that you're sharing that. Yeah. yeah. If I feel yes. this, then that. And the, and they never question yes. whether the the, 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 the formula is broken, even though they've been ifing and thening their whole life and it doesn't actually amount to the emotion that they were looking for it's like if this Uh then freedom if this then freedom if this then freedom and it's like oh it wasn't the car it's not the house it's not the ranch (laughs) it's like maybe the formula is broken maybe anyway sorry i'm totally digressing but yeah your point is profound 100 i would say there's a thousand roads to rome or what's that saying something like that and this is why we have a lot of empty accomplishments. Like we did that and we sh- and everything should have been great. But then what do we do? We throw it down. We move right on to the next thing that we need. Because we're looking for all these outside things to give us permission to feel the way we want to feel. That's the if then I think you're just referring to. It's mm-hmm. So the problem with the outside world is it has absolutely no requirement to give us any of these feelings. 
It's not its job at all. That'd be like if you told your partner, you need to make me feel this way all the time. You need to make me feel love. You need to make me feel this. You need to make me feel that. You need. To, I can't feel anything till I have a reason to from you. After a while, your partner, let's say after the two-year mark, I don't know what it would be. Your partner's just like, God, can't you just like freaking love yourself? Like you can't keep getting it from me. So we're waiting for the world to tell us this by getting the promotion, the house, just even money or doing what our parents want us to do or having the kid, you know, et cetera. All, all the milestones of regular life, right? So let's say instead you're going for emotional endpoints. I'm having the kid because I want to feel belonging. I want to feel family. I want to feel that I'm doing something of great importance. I want to have a gift for the world through my offspring. I want money so I can have total freedom. I don't want money for any other reason. I just want freedom. So I always tell people, get to the, distill it to what does this get you? Because there's a thousand roads to Rome, right? It's maybe not the one you're pursuing now. And that's where manifesting for me also goes kind of wonky. Because I've done the thing where I manifest the thing and the thing crashes and burns. And I say, why didn't the universe listen to me? You know, what is wrong? How come I'm not getting what I want? Because that's actually not the easiest, most perfect road to the feeling that you wanted at the end of the day. Anyway, we'll get to that. But <laughs> we'll get to that. So here we go toward our emotional endpoints. We're going into this flow state. And like I said, there's two layers. One is every time I feel a feeling, that I want the world to give me, but I'm not waiting for the world to let, let me have it anymore. I'm actually, you know, flipping the table around. I'm turning the, turning the horse before the cart, old fashioned saying, but I'm modeling for the world now how it should show up for me. I'm modeling it. I'm saying, this is who I am. I feel joyful. I have freedom. I have um, accomplishment. I have creativity. I have love and connectivity. I feel I am all these things. I feel all these things. I'm going to feel them right now. doesn't matter if I have any reason, right? And this now goes down to back into like classic manifesting. But for me, I look at it like I'm actually modeling this to the world. I'm showing up as the blueprint. You don't build a house without a blueprint. Most people build lives without blueprints. You get a mess. So I say my blueprints is this. So bring me the materials, you know, help me out, bring me the right stuff and the right people and the right moments and all the right things. This is the big picture. This is where we're going. That's one layer. The second layer is not only am I actually um, recreating my emotional self on a physiological level, on a psychological level, but the blueprint aspect of it. I forgot to <laughs> tell you that that is the secondary layer. Now I have a true deep communication with my life, everything. This is what I'm after. Bring me all the learning experiences. Bring me all the opportunities. Bring me anything that will get me here in the easiest fashion, the fastest fashion, the one where I can give the most and get the most back. And that's another aspect of flow we'll talk about later. There. Yeah. Jump in. At this <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I know. I'm running this interview. Sorry. <laughs> So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever apologize. Um, okay, so blockages. Because as we're describing what's coming through and how to feel the state, and I love 
emotional endpoints. We will talk about the crash and burn that, you know, we ended up manifesting something and it wasn't actually the most efficient way to feel what we needed to feel. I think that's a really important point, but that comes post manifestation pre or during kind of manifestation is like i know that this is what's calling me but i can feel all this stuff around that's sort of in the way what is this like what is that that's in the way like i've 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 obviously researched your work so i kind of know that you've really thought about this for a minute so obstacles towards manifestation how do they show up how do we deal with them bit of insight please yeah for the audience yeah um resistance internal resistance, external resistance. So I break it down in the book. I should mention that, right? I'm being terrible at marketing myself. I wrote some good books, you guys. Check it out. Go to my website. Um, I will put them, I will put a link to the show, <laughs> to them in the show notes below. Let me do some marketing for you. There you go. Thank you so much. Okay. Get out. So again, uh, let's say we are traveling to these emotional endpoints. We're going into flow state, which is sort of like opening up a bullhorn. Okay, this is the bat signal to the sky. This is where we get into an intense open state with physical and non-physical at the same time, which is a, a state that I love to be in. Um, and most people love to be in it, frankly. <laughs> That's why we do it. We're in this state, and what are we communicating? Well, I've discovered that most people shoot way too low. Like they, they undershoot all the time. I can't have that. I can probably have this. So they ask for the next job, they ask for another 10,000, they ask for the right person to come in, but it's always just the next thing that's maybe Yeah, so instead of going from A to Z, they kind of go from A to like H or G or something like that. Is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, okay, if you give somebody, I always say it's like giving them a Stradivarius violin, you can make anything. And they just clonk around on it like a three-year-old. I'm like, it's not that I gave you the violin. I need to actually give you lessons. Like that's, that's where we're looking at now. And that's where I think a lot of people take a magnificent concept and they get very frustrated and very upset and angry with it. And all the, you know, poo-pooing of it goes on out in the, in the world. When we're going for something, what we're often asking for one is something that is under undercutting our potential, undercutting what we could actually be truly getting, but we don't ask for the thing we really want to get for a myriad of reasons, such as all the resistance I've built up over time because I asked for that before, didn't work out, must not be for me, etc. I'm not good enough for that. Nobody will see me. If they see me, I will be punished. Like that's something that a lot of people feel. If I brag about myself, I'll be seen a certain way. I'll be you know, shut out. I'll be this. Other people are doing it better. I mean, like there's a, there's a list, you know, how my, you have a list you of, of my verbs one, my on one, your, my ones your is, values. It's going to, it's going to be difficult. Yeah. It's going to be hard. My ones is going to be difficult. <laughs> I, yeah. I see that one all the time. It's like, what is the evidence to suggest that? You know, yeah. it's, and then and I catch myself out all the time, but that's the one that drops in again and again. So when I track yeah. that, it's like, Oh, I, there's this, unconscious sort of oh but it's going to be so much harder because there's going to be so many more moving parts sorry i'll just pep it in but touch wood is giving people examples yours could be anything right yeah totally so i was just going to say after i interviewed you i went and did your values test right and i saw all of those i i told you i was going to i did i saw saw all those (laughs) (laughs) okay cool (laughs) 
So I have a list like that of all of the lack thoughts that travel through our minds. So look at lack thoughts like a ballast or something that is going to weigh you down, right? It's going to hold you back a little bit. Um, evolutionarily speaking, lack thoughts have kept us safe. But moving to where we all want to go as beings, as consciousnesses, lack thoughts become um, our, I don't want to say challenge. They become our engagement. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Right? They become the thing like, if I can get through you, then I get there. Really? Damn, I want to get through you then. Yeah, the, the, the so, word hindrance is coming to mind for me. Yeah. Can you describe lack thought a little bit for those that are, yeah, that just yeah. break it down in the lexicon I, a little bit? I think people um, popularly call it scarcity thinking. I've, like I said, I've thought lots and lots and lots about this over the years. For me, lack thoughts go into all different departments. Um, lack thinking is any time when you're bracing for something. The, you don't even realize, but your body even braces for it. You're preparing for a fight. You're preparing for a defense. You're preparing. Just like we physically do it, we do that energetically too. So when you say something like, it's going to be hard, believe me, I've said that a hundred times. What we're saying to the universe then is, it's going to be hard. And the universe says, yes, ma'am, it's going to be hard. You want to do that? We'll do that as long as you want. Right? So it's, it's obviously catching it as it happens. That is the key, which again is something that's you know fundamentally taught. But look at how black thoughts have really entrenched themselves in your life. If you, and sometimes I have my students create a lack journal. I'm like, write down everything in the day where you felt like, oh, if I do this, that'll happen. If I eat two pieces of toast for lunch, I'm going to get fat. I'm like, lack thought. Here we go. I mean, it's just, it's so, it's insidious and it's constant. It's just, this is what happens then to the way we're engaging with life. So I always say life is a, 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 your mirrored closet doors. Life yeah. reflects you. We the reflect life, but. Sorry, the insidious mm. nature of it. Sorry to butt in there. Yeah. It's, it's way more insidious than I think it, it, it like, than it meets you on face level as well. Because yeah. this is, you know, I've been working with this stuff for a while now, Touchwood, so I've learned some lessons along the way. But I remember the first time. I was educated on the fact that you can't want, you can't try. Can you unpack that for us? What's wrong with wanting? What's wrong with trying? <laughs> it's like, I want more, I, I want more abundance. I want yeah. more love. Um, I'm trying to be more abundant. I'm trying for love. Yeah. Both of those don't work when it comes to manifestation. And we're talking about yeah. lack frequency, Touchwood, so yeah. perhaps you can enlighten us a little bit. Okay, good classic question for anybody listening. I'm I'm going to try to answer it differently maybe than you've heard it before because you never if you're like that's the point of having so many teachers. Like someone will say it, speak it in just the right way to to get to you. Um 
so lack thoughts. Um, why you can't why when whatever you are okay. So I have this fall back with me a little bit, and we'll do a little mind experiment. You know those sun catchers out in space that catch the rays of of light and convert it to energy for the space station and so forth. They're just they're just traveling through space, not really doing anything, just receiving. But what they're receiving is information. That's what photons are. They're receiving information. They're converting that into something else. I often look at us, people, as we're floating through life and every experience we have is a little bit of new information that's going in. We're information catchers. I mean, technically, that's all we are. So the question is, what kind of information are you catching? And many of us have caught a lot of really crappy information rough childhoods and disappointments and betrayals and all kinds of stuff. But that becomes who we are. It builds in us. It becomes our being. As you go forward and you are trying to manifest, it's easy to come forward with all the lack that you've built up and accrued over time as you've caught all this information. Like if I look at a soul, I, I always say it's like a it's like a knitted blanket with all the different colored yarns and what do they call them Afghans? They still call them that. Seems like maybe that's not a good term to use. What are those blankets? You know the crochet ones with all the squares? They still I, call that. I don't know, but it, it does seem know. like Afghans okay. is a word, and I, and maybe it's just paying homage to where they come from. I don't think it's too inappropriate to use it. <laughs> okay, I know. I was just said that. I was like, well, that's what I said. Don't cancel I me. Like, oh, <laughs> oh my god. I know. Now you're going to get all hate mail for this episode. <laughs> but they're gorgeous blankets. Like, I think it's because it's that's where it originated from. So every yeah. time you're building a new square, a new block of color, you're building something new into who you are. We are all incredibly distinctive. Like, And I think that, frankly, if there is a, a, a larger universe or universal consciousness, it wants that variety. It craves having all the experiences. And that's what we're here, like little cells in a larger body, creating all of these experiences to bring back. But we also don't want to go through life in pain. <laughs> so that's where we say, okay, hey, I've had a lot of these experiences that um, have made me a certain way. Now, my life keeps reflecting back those experiences to me. And we all know people, I don't know why, it's often older people, right? Like our parents, <laughs> for goodness sakes, not mine personally, but I know a lot of parents and they're negative. They're like, oh, this is that. Now oh, my back is going to go out. And, oh my gosh, you know, the, the groceries situation today and blah, blah, right? It's like they're that they built this being in them where they expect the world to be crappy. And the world is in fact crappy back. It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful mirror. So my, my job for me is, you know, there for the grace of God go I. So I'm always looking because I hear myself be negative all the time. Like if I am presenting this life is now responding to that in kind oh yeah you think it's going to be rough it's going to be rough oh yeah you think you're you know going to have to really force that and nobody's going to want it and blah 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 then i have to force it nobody wants it's a perfect mirror perfect mirror of me so i am constantly striving to add something into this blueprint of myself um that i don't rely on life to give me because again when you project to the future, you can only really expect it to be like your past because that's your information, right? That's all you have to, to as a baseline to even imagine with. Or you can imagine it, but it feels unreal. What we imagine for our future, the real stuff is based on what happened before. 
that's where we have to stop things as creators, co-creators, manifestors, whatever you want to call it. And we have to say, no, I am going to put new stuff in stuff that I don't have a basis for yet, but this is what I'm going to do. Cause I'm going to change who I am and how I feel that does that make sense? Or did I veer off like too far? Not at all. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and I love the way you described it, especially the point of us really being, yeah, you didn't use the word antennas, you used the word as sun catchers, but I sort of, for me, the metaphor sort of dropped in as antennas and just priming ourselves a certain way. And if we're priming ourselves for, I want more, then it's like you're in this space of there's something missing already inside and you need a little bit more, right? So, yeah. 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 And then also so just flat- the profundity oh, of how it's, you're always on, like the sun catcher doesn't really it's always directed to catch the sun and the sun's always doing its thing with you the sun catcher. Yeah, yeah, you can't help you know. it. You're just always making experiences. It's constant. So to go back, if lack is the ballast in the boat that's weighing it down, right, I need to create a counterweight for that because otherwise life will just reflect the negative things which will snowball into the more of the negative things and the lack thoughts and the scarcity thoughts and the I'm not good enough thoughts and it's going to be hard and it's not going to happen right away and I'm going to have to really work for it and like again, the this long list. So then I'm trying to create, no, actually, I'm joyful, I'm held, I'm loved, I'm seen, I'm adored, I'm free, I'm healthy, I'm aware, I'm surrounded by all the right things and all the right people all the time. And I know that can sound very Pollyanna-ish. Um, I always say I'm not tricking myself. I know exactly where I am and what I'm dealing with, exactly. But what I'm what I'm suggesting to the universe is just because I was there doesn't mean I want to keep being there. So I have to change the narrative right now. This is what I'm changing it to. Do you hear me? I'm expressing it. I'm expressing it deeply and thoroughly and emotionally because that's how you know. That's how you absolutely know who I am and what I'm becoming and where we're going with this whole thing called life. conversation stopper (laughs) i find also one of the questions that i am desperate to ask you today is people come this is this may not be the first time someone is tuning into a conversation around manifestation and feeling into your work you've actually called this out a couple of times and i think it's worth calling out on this podcast as well because well the question goes along the lines of Sometimes people know that they can manifest. It's happened in the past. We know about our powers of manifestation. And yet we stop engaging with the process. We disengage. We stop playing. What goes on there? Is that another kind of block or something or another kind of lack? Like what's what's happened there? Because I'm sure doing this work as long as you've done it, there have been people that have just gone out and just, just, you know, manifested what they wanted to. And then, you know, and obviously that made it sound like it happens in real time. Obviously these things take time off, uh, often. I have found patience is an incredible virtue, but just don't program that into your manifestation because then you, the universe will teach you how to then be patient. We'll reward you with lots <laughs> of patience. Oh <Yeah>. boy. <laughs> but one of the things is, yeah, like, if we know that we can manifest and yet we found ourselves dropping off our ma- uh, ability to manifest, what's happened there? 
Okay, two, um, two parts to this answer. I hope I can remember them by the time I get done with the first part. <laughs> I'm going to call it plan A and plan B. Um, so I, ha I use a lot of metaphors in, in my work um, because when I connect with flow and intuitively connect, everything flows to me in a, a swarm of imagery and feelings and sensations and metaphors the best way. So plan A and plan B means we all have a plan A for our life, the thing that we really want. Like, I really could do this. I should do this. I wanted to do this. I went to college for this. I tried to do this. Plan B is, you know, you should really get that degree in accounting or, you know, something a little more practical. The one that you know is absolutely going to work out. You should stick with that guy because I don't know. May not find anybody better. Plan B is the safe route. Like that's stamped in us. Plan A therefore becomes the unsafe route, the risky route, the not sure route. So most people end up living lives of plan B for obvious reasons. They don't even realize it. They're going to go with the route that feels intrinsically safe to them, intrinsically more able to happen. So we all end up with these plan B lives and we say, well, what happened? I was going to be an artist. What happened? I was going to be, you know, happily married or travel the world. What happened? I'm like, well, plan B, you can, you can think about it. Like I call it default mode. Default mode is the one that we know will always happen. And everybody has a default mode. Like everyone has its weird, like income. Everybody has a default income. I'm like, can you make 10,000 this year? Oh yeah. Can you make 20? Oh, sure. Can you make 30. Yes. Can you make 50? Maybe. Can you make 200? No. And I'm like, okay, let's find out what that default mode is. And most people end up sticking around to a certain level, right? It's, it's the same as your plan B. It's the safe one. It's the one that you just know you can do. And you've proved it to yourself before. Plan A, therefore, always hangs out. So this is why, to go back to your answer, um, we end up getting things that aren't really what we want. What was your question again? See, I told you I was going to lose it by the end of that one. The question was around, <laughs> we know how to manifest and we've got yes. experience in manifestation, yet we drop off the manifestation mm -hmm. bandwagon. Oh, yes. The other part to that is, um, it's so simple. Like for me, so when I was searching for a way to really communicate this, I was working full time at a corporate job. You know, we've had that in common, a corporate job that's we're we're entrepreneurs, we're entrepreneurs, we're fish out of waterpreneurs. Um, I had two little kids, uh, a toddler, baby. And, uh, you know, I was blessed to have, I'll just say, Louise Hay, she was my boss for like 10 years, right? So she's like, hey, you know, do your affirmations, do your mirror work. I'm like, Louise, do you understand? I'm up at four. I'm into the office by 6.30. I don't have time for mirror work. I go home, I'm tired. All I can think of is how do I just like get through my job and the day and dinner and all the throw up and spit up all over. Like I don't have time for any of this. So I'm here looking for what can I do to mitigate like very high stress levels all day? Cause I'm realizing I'm giving life stress all day. I'm giving my life a, I'm just doing enough to keep up. I'm just trying to figure things out. I'm just trying to show up strong. I'm giving it all this angst. How do I have time for actually giving what I want? Like, oh, interesting, because that's what you're feeding into the field as well. And so you're only going to attract more of that, right? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, totally. 
yeah, I'm like, I need ease, I need flow, what can I do? So for me, that's where flow dreaming, you know, started to really come in strong. I I'd take 15 minutes to take a walk at lunch and I'd just be like, look, I'm going to go in strong and big. I'm going to go feel this. This is who I am. This is what should be happening for me. This is should ha- is how I'm feeling. And by should be happening, I recognize only if it's this or better. Like that's a, that I use these magic phrases, right? This or better is one constantly. Because my human mind sees a whole um, you know, plethora of, of possibilities that I can pick from, they're probably maybe not even the right ones, mm. right? Because they've Spirit just surfaced so much because of all, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and all the lack thinking that I've been bringing. So there's oftentimes you look at your life and you're like, none of the options, I will take D, none of the above, which is so true often, uh, not because, you know, spirit doesn't love you and want you. It's just because you've been churning out all this stuff and it can only respond in kind with crappy stuff, more that you don't want. So you're like, no, 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 no. So this is why a lot of people fall back and fall out of it. I go in and I go, okay, I'm going to take 15 minutes. I'm going to take five minutes. And I'm going to express this is what I want. This is how I need to feel. These are, this is, this is what I want to see my life moving toward. And it's almost like um, a big dose of it. it. It's, I can't say it completely counteracts, but that's kind of how I do it. Then what happens is life starts to give you all kinds of things. And I think this is why a lot of people just fall off their practice all the time. Um, I know I'm totally guilty of that. Um, we start to, we ask for certain things and then life pushes or rolls a whole bunch of new stuff toward us, little information catchers. And all we can do for a while is just catch stuff. Like I'm in it thick right now. Like it's all I can do. And we forget. So um, another way of looking at that is, there's action and there's pre-action. Do you mind if I keep going? Yeah, pre-action. Action, action. pre-action? Okay. Okay, action, pre-action, action, pre-action. So the action part of our life is when life is just throwing all the stuff in and we are responding to all the stuff. My mom, you know, is in the hospital, which actually she just was, right? So like now my life gets sideswiped by that. And then there's this other thing and then this other thing and this other thing. And my days are just full action. I'm holding it all. I'm catching it all. I'm taking in the experience. Many people never get out of that. They're always just action, 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 waiting for the next thing to come, waiting for the next shoe to drop, right? Because there's all this lack thinking in there as well. Pre-action is where we recognize, ho, 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 wait a minute here. There's all the action stuff you do to get someplace. There's also a kind of emotional or energetic action so I, I look at all of life in terms of a, an essential duality, right? The yin and the yang. The pre-action or the spiritual work we do is the yin. The yang is the action, the, the desire, the drive, the goals. If you're only doing one and not the other, it's like trying to run, but you're hopping on one foot. So our goal is to get into balance with the two. But when people think about spirituality and that, like a lot of us were just taught, go to church, you know, or just like, I don't know what to do. I say pre-action is the other half of action. It's how we explain to the world what we intend so that the action we can do can support that so they can go together. So we, we drop out of our practices to go back to your question because the action gets thick and heavy and then we forget and we get swamped in it. And we it's only when something we get goes distracted by everything that's presenting itself. And usually mm. something goes down or breaks and that's when we pull back and go, Oh my God. And then we go back into our growth. We go back into our pre-action or our flow dreaming, or I call it templating and blueprinting. 
this is who I am, this is how I feel, and that's how we get sucked into that again. So it's kind of normal, the same way ebb and flow is normal, right? Tides go in, tides come out. The tide is is on the on the shoreline and the surf is big and rough and it's exciting and fun. And then the tide comes out again and we go, what the hell, what do I do? Oh my God, I'm lost. Everything in my life broke. What does this mean? And I'm like, oh, no, 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 this is good. This is good. This is normal. You're broken all the right ways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like walk along the seashore. Find the things you can't see when the tide is in. Find all the little shells and the, the beautiful insights and reflections. Do your pre-action. So we're naturally, I think, always sort of generally like going in a bigger way. Like this is the whole flow philosophy. We're kind of always moving between these two states of being to greater and lesser degrees. And if you, if you think back like right now in your life, you can see like in your head, there's epics or eras where that was when everything was going like crazy gangbusters. Wow. And then there are epics or eras of that sucked. That was just nothing happened. And I was stuck and nothing happened for so long. You can like, you can feel it in your, in your being and life will continue to go that. So it's about learning how to work in both of those phases and stages and transition with them. Well, that's a very long answer to why do we drop our no, I think it's <laughs> profound. And I also think uh, the bit that I love about it the most is it gives us permission to be okay with the fact that we'd fall off the bandwagon because it is that natural ebb and flow. And I love how we do get, you know, you spoke to the bit where we do get distracted by things and I'm recognizing how true that is for myself. It's like, absolutely, we get distracted by everything that we've called in in the day to day and we're taking that action and we forget about it. And it's like, oh, like now I'm in the thick of it and my rubber gloves are on, my rubber boots are on. It's like I'm wearing my overalls and it's like, and what am I digging towards? It's like, well, okay, back to pre-action. <laughs> you just need to ebb back out for a sec and just find the light. So I, I that was, an, yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time to give such an in-depth response. There's, um, Well, I love action sorry, go on, yeah. because that's what we came here for. I always, I always joke, like all these spiritual people, sorry, all of us spiritual people, I'm, I'm categorizing us, but we're all like, oh, you know, when I get to be non-physical and, this, you know, get to all the extended realms and all that. And I'm like, look, being human is a mm. limited time opportunity. Like you're not human more than you are human while mm. you're here. Make some stuff, take advantage, take full advantage. <laughs> like that's, that's why you were given this gift. You know, it's like, it's like one of those shopping, like go into the grocery store and fill your cart with everything you can in 90 seconds and you can walk away with it. I'm like, that's what we're doing here. So choose some fun things, some things that will, that you can grow from, that you can discover yourself within. And that's why we often pick some really crappy things to discover ourselves within because we end up discovering ourselves. Anyway, that's an aside. Go ahead. Tuning into, <laughs> I totally threw you off on your question. Huh? No, 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 <laughs> Sorry, no, no, no. You're good. I've got my question. Um, the the interesting aspect of way because we've been talking heavily about manifestation for the last little bit, and I want to bring it back to flow and manifestation because the way you discuss flow and manifestation is again when we're looking at manifestation from the ground up. Again, it's a bit I don't want to use the word phallic, but directed and masculine still, right? Whereas when we're talking about flow and manifestation, which is your work, well, let's start with the conversation. Because for you, you have a conversation where you dialogue with the flow. Unpack that for us. <laughs> let's just start there. Like, what? It's, you bet. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so... Um, 
back in the day, I, I never intended to be a spiritual teacher, um, to be in this work whatsoever. <laughs> I know it's terrible because I grew up in a multi-generation family of people kind of like me. My goal was to go to college and go do something completely normal and different. I was the Michael J. Fox of, you know, if people remember <laughs> from, it's a very old reference. So of course life doesn't work like that. It takes you right where you need to be. Um, what I discovered is you will get nudged back onto your path no matter what. You can take all the exits on the freeway, but you will be nudged back onto the freeway. And I learned that over the years because when I would try things that were not a fit for all of those experiences, or sometimes I call it our life major, like you have a college major, it's in the States, that's what we call it. Um, we have a life major, something we've come here to learn. And of course, we have to take 14,000 more classes on it than we ever wanted. And anybody who's ever graduated from college knows you're sick of your major by the time you're done with it. You're like, why did I ever pick this in the first place? I had to go through 15,000 classes. Life is the same way. We just tend to do and unpack and unravel the same patterns and issues over and over again, right? Because we're, we're, we're mastering it. So in flow, to get to the flow side of this again, you're always going to be nudged back into what is the, what is the thing that I need on this learning curve that I'm at? Let me pause for a second and collect my thoughts. When I talk about flow, I'm, I'm talking about it on multiple levels. Okay, there is the level of your mind moving into flow state, that email connection I mentioned earlier. There's also the flow and ebb and flow of our life, right? The patterns and the energies of our lives, right? The yin and the yang kind of moving through the decades of time. Let's take a third definition of flow now. In this definition of flow, Everything either moves in a frictionless state or with a lot of friction and resistance. Again, yin, yang, back, forth, right? Either friction or no friction. Many of us find ourselves battling the wind a lot. I always say it's like a bird in the current of a storm. And the bird's flapping and flapping against the, the current and saying, I'm trying so hard, getting nowhere. I'm exhausted. I'm like, well, little bird, turn around, go the other way, go that way. The current will carry you, the air will bring you right where you need to go, half the effort, a third of the effort. So for me, a lot of it is being able to listen. And again, that's more of a beingness, a yinness. I'm listening. Am I encountering a lot of resistance? And now we're going back to that conversation we had like five minutes ago, right? If I'm encountering a lot of resistance, I'm, I'm pausing and asking myself, is the resistance I'm encountering telling me that I am working against myself in a direction that's not going to be as fruitful and flowing? Should I be turning around and, and maybe sticking with the same emotional endpoint? I don't ever say change that because that's always a guiding light. No, everyone's emotional endpoints are without exception, gorgeous, like beautiful. So Let's say you could still get to that, just not on the route you've particularly chosen right now. We get afraid to get off those routes, though, like super afraid. And imagine like you're, stare, you're sitting in this little, you're Wizard of Oz, and you're sitting in a little circle, and you're Dorothy, and you've seen Wizard of Oz, right? Yes? Okay. Yes. Okay. So you're Dorothy, and you've got all these different roads to the Emerald City. 
and some are just full of potholes and all the trees throwing apples and like just like big boulders. It's horrible. And then you got others that are kind of okay. There's rough patches. You got to slog through some swamps. Then there's a road that's just like yellow, yellow brick. It's beautiful. Like, look, at any given time, just the law of, of is there a law? I'm trying to think of what the law is. <laughs> Equations? I don't know. There's 52 cards in a pack. There's the low cards you don't want, and there's the high cards you do want, right? There's always the potential to find that path of utter and strict ease, to find the path, the path of least, of least resistance. resistance. Yes. And if you look at nature, I mean, that's exactly what nature's trying to do all the time. The earth doesn't struggle to move around the sun. Water doesn't struggle uh, to be pulled by gravity to the ocean. It may encounter boulders, but believe me, it, take, it expends the least amount of energy to get where it's supposed to go. We have that same flow as beings. We have that same expend the least amount of energy to get the most from it. But we forget that and we get caught in these brambly paths and then we refuse to get off of them. This lack thinking and all the other stuff comes in and tells us, no, you got to stay here. No pain, no gain. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 no. If I put in the same effort on an easy road that I'm putting on a hard road, I'd be there in a hot second. There's a balance does that in there make though, sense? Right? because it does. And then I just want to iron out a potential kink that's forming in the conversation, which is we, you mentioned you're a massive advocate for, ash, for action. And then we talk about the path of least resistance. And I know most of the audience are not this way inclined, but you know, someone may be tuning in that has the vibe of, well, now we've just mentioned that you can just lie there on your couch and everything will come Ow! to you, you know. So, <laughs> so I just want to iron out that kink <laughs> and uh, just yeah, address. Muppet hands. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, can you just iron that one out for us quickly? Yeah. yeah. Easy is not lazy. That's it. Easy is not lazy. Um, I, I find that people tend to go in either of, uh, we have a natural tendency. Some of us are more yin, some more yang, some more action, some are more pre-action. You got your action people who, by the way, are often very highly successful people at the tip of burnout. Um, they've been successful. They know no other way to continue being successful. Action, action, action. If I just try more, do more, stay up later, put in more money, I'll get there. Right. There's a good thing because it's probably created some success, but eventually it fails when they reach the burnout. Then you got the pre-action people and they're like, I know exactly what my life should be like. I am fully into my spirituality, my connectivity, but it's funny, you know, like I can't pay bills this month and they, they can feel it. They can sense it, but they're not putting any action in. So they have the whole, they have completed a blueprint beautifully. They know who they are and what they want to feel. And we love them, but you're like, come on, be functional. Come on. You got to be functional too. So those are the two extremes, right? Our, our goal is to kind of define the middle ground. I use action and I use pre-action, but I always ask, give me the easiest road. And I, I look at it like this, you know, in college, I busted my butt. Like I really worked really, really, really hard. The classes were hard, but ultimately I did well because it felt joyful. I loved being in school. I loved my classes. I love learning, right? There was an ease to it that I just kind of let myself be in, but I worked, 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 worked. So that for me is kind of the, is the, is the, the pinnacle. You don't have to work that hard, but 
If something typically is easy and flowing for you, you are naturally more inclined to want to do it. You're like, yeah, this is working. This is amazing. Let's do yeah, more of now this. Now we're bleeding into You go to a club and you're dancing. You're like, let's <laughs> dance all night. This is so easy. This is so great. This is so fun. Okay? Yeah. It's the same thing. That's the ideal to reach. But we don't allow ourselves on the easy road because we often um, think that if it's if it's not hard, it's not worth doing. If it's If I don't have pain, if I don't have struggle, then I'm not going to get anything. It's not going to work. I don't trust it. I don't trust it. So that takes me into the whole conversation of trust with the universe and life. I'm like, why don't you try trusting it for a while? Well, I did. Nothing happened. I'm like, but did you actually put out your everything? And they're like, yes, I did. And it still failed. And I'm like, did you find your emotional endpoint? Are you sure that the thing you thought would get you there was the right thing? No, actually, I'm not. I don't know. I'm like, great. Go find something else to get you there. Let's find the right one. I know I'm, I'm oversimplifying. But no, I love it. And it's kind of the idea. I'm conscious that obviously, you know, the subject object experience. <laughs> now we're sort of um, back to, you know, uh, flow and purpose. <laughs> and, and yeah, the conversation I had with you on your podcast a little bit. I know about purpose. I'm so, so I was so curious. Yeah, I'm like, because so for me, I'm like, we're sun catchers. And you're like, we've got purpose. And I'm like, yeah. I think those two can go together. I do. <laughs> <laughs> the um, emotional endpoints. Um, I don't want to say they're a bit of a holy grail, but they kind of are actually. So I'm going to say it. They're a bit of a holy grail. But is there one across our life, like, you know, Amrit, inner peace, you know, boom. Is that my holy grail as an emotional endpoint, touch wood? Or is it in different areas of my life I'm expecting different emotional endpoints um, that have some sort of um, connecting frequency amongst them? Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. How do you program those endpoints? Can you tell me how you look at Good question. Well, you know, the only thing we actually fear is emotion. Whoa! Wait, what? (laughs) Go again. Yeah. The only thing we actually fear is emotion. If I ask you, what if this beautiful studio you're in disappeared? What if you couldn't podcast? What if you were not able to support your family? All these things would be devastating. I know I'm going there. It's kind of lack thinking, but it's for a good purpose. It's interesting because I what? always thought fear was an emotion. But you're it saying is. we fear. You're afraid emotion. of feeling. Yeah, you're you're afraid of feeling the fear. But what are you really afraid of? Beyond that fear, what would you feel like about your yourself, your life, your family, your ability to be yourself and a, a parent? Like, what would you think? Sorry, my brain's gone to the point where it's like you're at your deathbed and then you're afraid of losing stuff and you can really feel all those emotions and that's really harrowing. So, you're, yeah, I'm with you, but it's yeah. really profound. Go on. You're afraid of feeling feelings. So we're either moving toward feelings that we want or away from feelings that we don't want. But all the things we do in our life are to either help us get those feelings or avoid feelings. Okay? So let's just put that as, as the baseline. Um, from there, what was your question again? Emotional I, like endpoints. I drift. No, no, you're good. Emotional, Emotional endpoints. endpoints. One guiding endpoint as a light for your life or multiple different oh, endpoints yeah, yeah, yeah. in the different areas of yeah. your life. Okay. Okay. So you have this set up idea that 
the only thing we're actually ever afraid of is feeling feelings. Just keep, keep rattling that around in your mind. Because every experience you go through, if you really ask, why am I afraid of this experience, of failing at work, of getting sick, of, of my body degrading, eventually it's going to make me feel an end point feeling that I don't want. Loss of control, um, you know, loss of others. There's usually some deep ones that we're avoiding at all costs. On the other hand, do we all have the same emotional endpoints? Not necessarily. Like if I tie this now to your values, right? What are your three values, your core, your three core values? Connection, contribution, celebration. Okay, those are essentially feelings. They're values and they're feelings. So everything you do wants you to lead you to those feelings. Right. And, and I think for all of us, we have um, our own distinctive different set. Like when I did your yours, one of mine that came up, I was not sure, but it finally came up as safety. And I thought that's a really weird. I would not think that was a core value. But safety for me also meant freedom. If I'm safe, I'm free. They go together and they seem like weird opposites, don't they? Mm. But they're, they're unique to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, so cool, they go together. If I'm safe, I'm free. If I'm free, I have a sense of I can only be free if I have safety. Mm. So they're, they're, they're holding hands with one another. So I think we all do have ultimate different emotional endpoints um, that we are seeking. I think there are a lot of commonalities, though. We all they want to eventually. Potentially with each other, perhaps. Well, we all want love. We all want to feel vibrancy and health. Um, although I don't know if that's the emotional endpoint, I think health eventually gives you safety. That would be the endpoint that I would take that to, right? If I have health then I have safety, safety means I get to live to do all the things I need to do. It's funny. Like I always am asking like, what word does that lead to next? What's the deeper, what's the deeper on that? What's the deeper on that one? What's the deeper on that one? I think we could probably do an exercise where if we all just felt, Remember something that you felt in your life that was incredibly positive, gorgeously positive. It's just imprinted in your memory, like a moment, a second, a gaze, a look, an experience. Like right there, your intellectual mind might be pulling up faces and names, but that's not what's really in here in your being. It's imprinted emotionally in you. That's why it's sticky and staying and not letting go. And probably something in that good experience, there's an emotional endpoint that hit one of your, maybe you would say core values. Like I can think about my kids being born and I'm like, that's so profound. I mean, like I can never do something as amazing as that. And I know it's so banal and everybody has, you know, everybody has kids and whatever, but there's just something that I just felt like I have this potential to gift, like to create, like I have this. God, I mean, like I've, I've just gifted something. That was an emotional endpoint for me that I would never have experienced as deeply without them. Even though I've created this huge body of work, right? Because creativity, as it turns out, another one of my values, right? <laughs> Expression. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not but that's the emotion that's <laughs> in it. Like, oh, I've reached it. Oh. So, yeah, pick pick yours. You know, pick 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 it. it Ultimately, though, I mean, I'm just saying day to day. How do you want to feel tonight? How do you want to feel tonight? I want to feel rested. I want to feel focused. I want to have no lack thoughts, right? So I want to feel um, 
light and, and free, free from burden, free from fear. These are all the emotional endpoints I want for my evening. Great. Life, flow. You just heard that from me. I'm a blaring siren of those feelings now. Why don't you go ahead and line some things up that will help me get that, okay? Cool. Let's do it. So it's a way of living. It's not a thing I do. It's a way that I think, right? It's a way that I try to remind myself to perceive. So for me, manifesting is more like my perception um, than a do thing. I flow, but that's just to kind of heighten things. But otherwise, it's a perceiving. Yeah. Just something I've been exploring a lot more lately. I can feel that this would be a natural place to tie off the conversation, but before we do, I really want to put a big frame around it, um, which is we've been talking about connecting in. We've talked about the sun and, you know, us being receivers of the sun and, you know, you've talked about flow and discussing with it. We're connecting in. I still would love just for us to tune into the bigger picture and when we are having a conversation with our flow and we are receiving data, information, input, what do you think it is that we're connecting into? How would you describe that? I call that one of the big questions. <laughs> okay. I, <asked> it. <laughs> I know. And I just can't to, just to wrap things up. <laughs> Tell me about the nature of God, okay? I'm like, oh, okay. Well, hold on. How long do I have? Um, and I, I'm very yeah, sorry, mindful. In 30 seconds. <laughs> we have way more than 30 seconds. There is no rush. I'm just kidding. This is my sense of humor. Pardon me. Uh, please, no. take oh, your time. Well, what are we come on, You've been introduced to my humor. It's terrible. Sorry. Um, uh. I'm very mindful that you have um, spoken with some of the luminaries of this way of thinking. You know, some people that I worked with for many years and followed and learned from and just like and we all have a different um viewpoint in so i i always say our perspectives like so you see this you see this crystal right we all have a different facet view in it's all the same crystal but we all perceive it slightly differently depending on the way that we're particularly looking in so there's all kinds of right answers to this thing that you just asked um Fundamentally, when I wrote my first book, Flow Dreaming, I did a lot of work um, researching sciencey stuff. I spoke with a lot of holist physicists. I, I did mass research. I wanted to know if what I was doing was just woo-woo and psychic-y and weird and et cetera, or if maybe science was finally starting to have dialogue with um, uh, spirituality. And, you know, that there was a, a big split between science and spirituality and a couple of hundred years ago, the Descartesian, Descartes, Descartesian split. Oh, I didn't say that right. Descartes, Descartes, Descartes. Anyway, they all said lay off, right? You don't mess with me, science. I won't mess with your religion. And it's been kind of hands off ever since. But in our field, it's intersected quite a bit more. So when I am out there in flow now, I'm having a recognition that everything for me personally is um, information. Everything's information. Um, I think we're layered upon layered upon layered information. Um, just like I have cells in my body that are part of me that maybe have a slight awareness that is part of me is a cell in my finger right now. I'm also a cell in a larger body and I'm part of that body, but maybe I'm a little isolated and I don't have the full recognition of my part of that body. 
the earth is part of the body of the galaxy, the galaxy of the solar system. The solar system is part of the body, literally a body of the universe, the universe of perhaps all the multiverses. I don't, we don't know how far this goes. So we're all layered in. We're all part of it, which means we're all literally part of it. Like I am not exempt from all the universes. I am the tiniest cell in all the universes. So here I am collecting all this information, like a little amoeba in a pond, you know, information, information, who am I? What are we? What are we? And I'm just bringing it in and I'm receiving it and I'm understanding who I am. And as I understand who I am, all that I think is, is understanding who it is. So when I enter flow state, when I'm my, this is, again, this is my personal philosophy. Not everybody will agree. When I enter flow state, it's like waking up and going, oh, I'm talking to my cell and my finger is now talking to me. I am talking to all the greater information that's out there. And then we all populate that greater information with whatever our, you know, our personal sphere is. You know, some people have angels and some people have ETs and some people just say it's a web of consciousness. It's whatever, you know, it's all, it's all, if it's all there, like what are you most interested in connecting with and being with? So I'm connecting into a web of information all that has been, all that's currently becoming, all that is this very second. I don't know. Now we're starting to talk about time slipping and I don't want to go there. I love that. It's super <laughs> well, yeah. quantum. Next it's super quantum the way you're describing it and I love it. And yeah. Oh we, yeah. We do leave that for another but it's conversation. All awareness. For another day. And yeah. I gotta say loving awareness, right? I have to say loving awareness because if we talk about creation or disintegration, yes, it's all happening. At the same time, there's a black hole in the middle of every, uh, what is it, uh, solar system, which is crazy. I always say it's like the bathtub drain. Like we made a solar system and now we're going to suck it all away and we're going to make another solar system, <laughs> suck it all away. Right. So this is constantly happening, this creation and disintegration. But what doesn't go away is information. So we may be born and we may die or we may reach out and communicate with higher consciousnesses or not, or just strictly be focused on Earth stuff here. It's all just information. Like, where do you want to fit into that grand tapestry? That's your choice. You get to figure that out. There you go. That was a good I ending. <laughs> <laughs> I do say so myself. I like ending on profound thoughts. <laughs> or at least telling myself I am. <laughs> and, uh, the older I get, and, the less I know. <laughs> and, the, uh, and a little bit of humor just. <laughs> just yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Summer. If you don't love and enjoy your spiritual uh, direction, then find mm. a one that you can love and enjoy. <laughs> like, laughter God, is energy. It's <laughs> emotion. Like, God, go find something that pleases you and makes you happy. So I do believe that the universe is on par about creation and expansion and love. If it is about destruction, that's far away and not happening because everything I know right now is time is only going forward. The universe is only expanding. Life on earth is only evolving. Consciousness is only evolving. That's the direction we're all in right now. That's our flow, grand, grand flow. And that's about love and creation and acceptance and expansion. You can't like keep knowing things if you shut it down. So I have to say that's a caveat there. God is love. love. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the, um, yeah, just... Again, you know, when we started this podcast, there's such a conversation around flow and focus in the world at the moment and it's so direct and, again, angular and masculine in its productivity nature and yet just feeling into what you're trying to embody flow. I know even in the conversation, you know, it's easy 
to get lost in the constellation of the conversation when it is such an open conversation around flow and it is so feminine and it's, you know, it's there available for you to A, imagine, daydream as you put it, and then connect in, have a dialogue and then allow, you know, like in the truest sense of the word for things to materialise in your life because you're here for a short time and, you know, the only limitation is your potential to imagine and dream. Summer, man, <laughs> I knew this was going to be fun because obviously I've been on your podcast and I had a bunch of fun, but this was heaps of fun. Man. <laughs> and naturally, I, I can, I totally will thank you for today's conversation. But as you know, it's, you know, it's like you said, you've been doing this work for a couple of decades now and, you know, all the time before that and the family you chose to grow up in before you even came here, dare I say that out loud on your behalf, it's a lifetime's worth of work that informs the conversation that we're having and the shoulders of, you know, which we get to stand on to have this conversation. So thank you so much for you, really, and just the work that you're championing and pioneering in the world. Yeah, I really, really love it and dig it. And it's been an absolute honour to advocate that here on the podcast. So thank you so much for doing this with us. Thank you for being my partner in crime as we discuss all things, all things flow. <laughs> You're wonderful. Absolutely love talking with you. Please think of manifesting and flow as a way of being, not a way of doing. Right? For me, flow is the being. It's the, it's the blueprinting. And that's I just, the total. I just emanate it. If I'm not emanating it, if, if it's not me, then it's like I'm trying on, you know, clothes, I'm playing a kid's dress up game. Like I have to wear feelings that fit, that I can really own and be. And also the babushka, the babushka doll nature of it. Sorry to butt in there, but the babushka doll nature of it. Cause like, if it doesn't, cause as you're saying, it's a way to be and flow. And then if it doesn't feel like in the inner little doll, that it feels flowy to be that way, then it's haptic feedback, <laughs> right? <laughs> that you just need to switch it up. And it's like, well, okay, so I'll switch it up. And, oh, that one feels and fits right. And then you can kind of, you know, and it's just like, oh, okay, now that's flowing. Now it's easier to be. And it's like, okay, cool. This is my bit. I dig it. <laughs> well, I can't, cannot wait to see your TED Talk, okay? Oh, touch wood. Well, okay. now we're manifesting it together. Now, with your support, mate, anything can be manifested. Oh, so, touch wood. Your emotional <laughs> endpoint, emotional endpoint. I am impacting millions. I have a message and the, the one, or at least the people who need to hear from me, hear from me, whether it's millions or thousands, it doesn't even matter. Just the ones that will mm. make the biggest difference because that will grow my heart the biggest. And that will lead me into the next space of myself. Whatever route, route takes me there. That's the one I want to be on. Easy, straight, clear. That's my agreement with you. Because I always make an agreement with the universe. I'm like, I'm feeling this as my emotional endpoint. I will do, I will show up hard if this happens. You give me the means to make it happen. Mm. So that's what I would do around TED Talk. Because maybe it's not a TED Talk. Maybe instead they're going to interview you on like a big TV show. I don't know. Yeah, this or I, better. I don't know right? either. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's interesting as well, just feeling into what you're sharing, just how much the world is ready for positive impact. I don't know if you feel it at your end, but I can really oh, feel it at my end. Like I feel like so many people have been championing such positive impact for so long. Even yeah. the way that, you know, I've got like entrepreneurial friends and they're like, it used to be about making a million dollars and now it's about impacting a million lives. And I'm like, 
this is cool. <laughs> like, you know, like you just subbed out dollars for impact. Like, and I don't know. I'm just digging. I'm, I'm digging it. I'm just digging where it's all going. You know, um, be a renegade, right? I'm, I call myself a spiritual heretic a lot. Cause I just don't buy into a lot of the stuff other people do, you know? And, you know, and I'm like, I built a big company just so I could, again, have the safety and freedom to keep expressing this message. That's it. So, you know, you do the same thing. It, I think company size is just completely dependent on what your emotional endpoint is that you want to get from it all. That's it. And some people, it's like, I want the emotional endpoint of money, which for them is pure safety and security. Or, or maybe being seen or accomplishment. I don't know. Some of us is I just want to have the, the, the capacity and to continue doing what I'm doing and to have all the ability to, to continue to seek and not have that taken away from me by not having my own company to, to, to play with this in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I do. It's a, di- a very different way of building as an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would have been yeah, kicked yeah. out of business school. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I often find with entrepreneurial stuff, it's interesting because like when I when I teach values in the masterclass that you you talk, thank you so much for doing that, by the way. That meant a lot to me seeing you sign up. And, um, yeah, it's um, it's cool because I'm, I'm drawing the people towards their towards value. Those are the values that you're working towards. But the conversation that's not had in that masterclass, which we do in coaching, is like there are also away values that you're actually running away from. Um, and, you know, a lot of when we unpack that work, it can be quite profound because – People don't understand, like, these are my towards values, but I'm not actually doing anything around them. And it's like, what have I been spending all my time doing? And it's like, wow, have you considered your <laughs> away values? And it's like, well, yes, I'm afraid of this and I'm afraid of that and I'm afraid of this. These are my three biggest fears. And it's like, yep. You have to think about emotions. You need to think about emotions as the only thing that we're actually afraid of. Period. That blew my fucking mind. I don't know. It seems like an obvious psychological concept, right? But when you get it, like if somebody says it to you in just the right way, you just go. Because I literally went to like, okay, and and maybe this is, you know, just where the podcast has been. And also like I've had some pretty harrowing experiences in the last couple of years, um, touch wood. And I just went straight to like, you know, not personally, not for me, but like people around me have lost loved ones and I've been there with them supporting them. And just that concept of death, dying, love and support. Those that follow the podcast, you know, have tuned into some of the depths of what I've been through. Um, yeah, my mind just went straight there. And I was like, holy shit, like in your last moments, what are you afraid of? And it's like the emotion of letting go. And it's like, it literally just is the emotion. And I was like, holy shit, that is profound. Like it is. The emotion of annihilation and unknowing. Our biggest fear right? is Because a lot of people feel what? annihilation. What? And I think and also, as you as, I, as you said it, it just it landed so true. That was the thing that just completely caught me off guard because you said such a short sentence, and then it was just like it just it was like Moses parting the waters a little bit in the, in the dark. I was like, "Whoa, I'm seeing land between a river here. What the fuck?" And then it was like trying to close over, and I was like, "Huh?" <laughs> it was yeah. That is something for me to sit with and contemplate. Thank you for that absolute gem. Yeah, thank you. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in to this amazing episode of the Inspired Evolution. Without you, the Inspired Evolution tribe, this podcast would not be what it is today. Thank you so much for your love and your support. Thank you so much for being so inspired to evolve. It's truly inspiring. 
If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the Inspired Evolution on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution's video podcast. We release inspiring conversations such as this every week, along with guided meditations and empowering insights all designed to help you grow and evolve. Honestly, your subscription on YouTube to the channel helps us out a great deal. And one of the other benefits, if you're having any insights or shifts from these episodes that you want to chat about, or if you'd like to leave myself or the guest a message, please do so in the comments on YouTube. I truly look forward to hearing from you. And as always, Tribe, remember to stay inspired and keep evolving. Bye.